What's up, everybody? This is Mario, and I'm back with another episode of the Endurify Your Life show. And yesterday, I said that Nike was wrong, and I disagreed with their their uh, mission statement. But today, what I want to start off with is how I feel like I'm wrong about something. Um, this is a, a, a strongly held belief and a thought and something that I've said out loud several times that after reading through the Brave Athlete book, I think I'm actually wrong. So uh, I want to continue with the Brave Athlete book, uh, sports psychology book theme um, with today. And yesterday we were talking about our athletic identity and how it's important to have a mature athletic identity because that leads to confidence, it leads to grit, it leads to consistency, it has all of these positive benefits. And we talked about how there were seven different factors for that. Uh, but the main part is that you currently participate in sports or exercise, you're comfortable calling yourself an athlete, and you're comfortable being called an athlete by others. And there were a couple of other uh, examples, but the main part is you view yourself as an athlete and others view you as an athlete as well. And what my take on that was, it's about the athletic lifestyle. So it's not just about um, you competing in, a, in an athletic event. It's about using that athletic event to expand into other areas of your life. Now, we talked about how a mature athletic identity is really positive. And we talked about what are some of the factors in that. But what we didn't really talk about are what some kind of immature athletic identity issues look like. Okay. So this is, you know, some thoughts. If you've ever had the thoughts of, I wish I felt more like an athlete, then you might be dealing with some of these different um, issues that we're about to talk through. And I have... Uh, I have definitely experienced these things that I'm about to talk about. Uh, so let's dive into it. We're going to talk about four different immature athletic identity issues and then a couple of quick fixes that you can implement to help you through that. And the goal is to just kind of help you recognize some of the thoughts and feelings that you might experience. So there's four of them. The first one is uh, an identity mismatch. So this is where if you see yourself as athletic, but others do not, and that clearly is a mismatch. So one example of this is if you view yourself as a triathlete, or if you've done triathlons, but you've never done an Ironman, some people, others would say, are you really a triathlete if you've never done an Ironman? You know, and there's people who specialize in the short course, um, the the middle distances, and then the longer distance triathlons. And my take on this is like, yes, if you've done a triathlon, then you are a triathlete. Or if you consistently compete in triathlons, you're a triathlete. And you don't necessarily need to do an Ironman to call yourself a triathlete. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people who just do the shorter distances, the sprint and the Olympic would be annoyed by people asking them if they've ever done an Ironman. And so this like identity mismatch can be impacted by the people that we surround ourselves with. So the main author, uh, Dr. Marshall, he is married to a professional triathlete. And so he talked about how 
Um, he viewed himself as a triathlete for a long time, but then when he married uh, his wife and he saw how she was training as a professional, it made him feel like not good enough. It made him feel like he wasn't a real triathlete because he wasn't training the way that the professionals were training. And so this is this is something that is really important It's to think about is who do you surround yourself with when you're training? Now, I have always been a, a firm believer that you need to train with people who are much stronger than you and much better than you. And this is that firmly held belief that I've had because that's uh, the, the best way that you improve with just kind of getting beat up by the people around you, uh, coming in last place, all of that. But the quick fix here for this identity mismatch is basically to train with people of varying experience levels and athletic ability. So it's not just about training with people who are way better than you because that can affect the way that you think about your own identity. It can make you think, oh, I'm not good enough. You also want to um, work out with people who are at your level or slightly below so that there's that healthy balance between people who are stronger than you um, and also people who are maybe a little bit behind you. So you get that kind of confidence boost. And this happens every single race for me in triathlons, because in a triathlon, if you've done it before, uh, your age is written on your calf. And that's, that's done so that um, you can kind of group the different triathletes into the age groups and the different waves of the swim uh, start time. And so it happens a lot where I'm cruising on the bike and I'm flying by everybody around me and I'm feeling really good. And then right as I'm feeling good and I'm feeling super confident, other people just start passing me, passing me, passing me. And it's kind of that really humbling experience where you think you're, you know, you've, you've got it going on and you're the fastest person on the course. And then all of these different people start passing you. And the funniest part is you can see their age on their calf. And so then you see people who are younger than you passing you. You see people who are way older than you passing you. You see people who are your same age passing you. And so that's just an example of this identity mismatch and, 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 confirmation that it's really important to surround yourself not only with people who are better than you, but also people who are maybe at your level or slightly below. Uh, that can help be a quick fix for that identity mismatch if that's something that you're dealing with. Uh, the next one, the next potential issue that you might deal with is what's referred to as a volatile identity. So this is where one, f one week you may feel like a total dud when it comes to uh, triathlons or uh, being athletic. And the next week you feel like a total stud. So this is where it's just highly volatile from a given day or a given week. And I think it's pretty common to have your confidence kind of come in peaks and waves, but this is really referring to your athletic identity. So, you know, people with this one, maybe this is you where you know, feeling like an athlete can be heavily influenced by your training. So when you're training, you may feel really good. Uh, you may feel like you're an athlete, but when you're not training, you may not feel like an athlete. So it kind of comes and goes with your training. And if your training isn't consistent, if you're not doing it every day, week after week, 
then that's going to mess with your athletic identity. So the quick fix here and the potential solution here is uh, to be consistent in your training. So uh, some people, you know, may you know, have this feeling of, Oh, I don't feel like an athlete. I need to get out there on the weekends and, and bike like 50 miles, or I need to go for a 10, 10 mile run without kind of building up to it. And then you go really hard for one day or for the weekend, and then you need to spend the rest of the week recovering. So that is something where you may not feel like an athlete because of that. You have to go out there and do something really intense and something really long and hard. And that results in you not being able to do that consistently. So the quick fix here, as I mentioned, is just being consistent in your training habits. It's all about setting attainable goals and patterns that you can kind of realize for weeks and months. Because when you are consistently having those habits and those workouts then you'll be much more, it'll be much less volatile and uh, you'll be able to kind of feel like an athlete on a more consistent basis. So that's the second one. Uh, The third one is problems with chasing a former identity. So if you were somebody who maybe you were previously a really good athlete, Um, Maybe it's, you know, growing up as a kid, maybe it's in high school, maybe it's in college, maybe it's after college, Uh, but life has kind of gotten in the way and maybe it was team sports. Maybe you've fallen out of those team sports or maybe it was like a consistent workout routine. Uh, But at this point, you know, you're no longer one of those top dogs. So then you kind of try and come back. And when you come back, since you haven't been working out consistently, uh, you are going to be slow. And the big question is, how do you deal with that? Um, How do you respond when you're working out and you're not seeing those same numbers that you used to see when you were working out? So maybe you get demoralized with, with seeing your running pace be much slower than it used to be or slower than you know it can be. Um, that can be really uh, demoralizing and really upsetting for a lot of people where it's, I know I can run a sub eight minute mile, for example, but you're, you're, let's say that you uh, haven't been training, you try and come back and you're seeing nine minutes, nine minutes and 30 seconds. That can be really hard for a lot of people. So how do you, um, how do you solve this, this issue? Uh, the quick fix that uh, the brave athlete um, recommends is try and think of your new identity as the beginning phase of a makeover or a 2.0 version of your previous athletic self. Um, you can kind of start to reflect on what you didn't like or what didn't go well with your previous training and try and improve on that. Um, one other thing that you can try and do is focus on process goals, such as your technique, your form, instead of your outcome goals, which are the results, like your, uh, your miles per hour on your bike or your uh, pace on your run. So if you're kind of thinking and in, in dealing with that former, uh, chasing your former identity, then try and think of your new identity as the beginning phase and just try and improve upon it in some 
way. I've definitely dealt with this one as a former high school athlete. I remember specifically in college when uh, I had been a high school, a three sport high school athlete, and that was a big part of my identity. And then when I got to college and I no longer had that, and I was just doing intramurals, but it wasn't really the same. I remember that this was a, a, a big issue for me. And so then um, it was actually once I found triathlons at the end of college, where I kind of gained that identity back. And I was able to kind of start to develop my identity in something that was still athletic, but a completely different uh, type of sport. Next one, identity for closure. So um, in order to illustrate this one, you know, I kind of want to tell a quick story. So growing up, I never really liked biking. We would go on family bike rides and I would be the one who would be crying and complaining halfway through that my legs hurt because we would be biking too hard or too far. And so because of that, I concluded that I'm not a biker. And um, another thing is, you know, I never did swimming, uh, swimming team or swimming clubs uh, as a kid. So I like to play in the pool and just kind of jump around and do whatever, but I never actually swam for exercise. So I kind of concluded that I'm not a swimmer. And so that's an example of identity foreclosure. And this is when people settle on kind of a sense of self way too soon. And this is where you, you kind of terminate or you decide you, you basically cut off the identity growth or the potential growth that can happen because you already think you know who you are. Um, maybe this is you or maybe you're thinking about or viewing yourself as I'm not the sporty type or I'm clumsy and I'm not an athlete. Uh, it could be some thoughts like that. And if that's the case, here are a couple of potential quick fixes. Um, one, if you may feel like you're not the sporty type, may feel like you're clumsy, may feel like you're not a biker, you may feel like you're not a swimmer or something like that. Um, try and get the guidance of somebody who has already done what you're trying to do and have them show you the way. Um, they will be able to tailor the activities to a beginner just like you. Uh, and that's going to make you feel more confident and, and make you feel um you know, excited about the route that you're going on. So that's the first quick fix. Second quick fix is just go and watch something first. So let's pretend that you, you know, like myself, I say, oh, I'm not a swimmer. Um, and I want to join like a swimming group or a swimming program. If I don't feel like uh, capable of even swimming in the first workout, a first step would be just going and watching. Because by going and watching, you're going to see people that look just like you, people who are older than you, people who are younger than you, um, and see them doing the activity. That's going to make you feel a little bit more comfortable about, okay, if they can do it, then I can do it too. Uh, so that's another way to, to deal with that identity for uh, foreclosure. And then the third way is to find a buddy or find a friend that's willing to go through a transformational journey with you. Um, I think that that is a big step in, you know, when we're trying to do big things or go on a journey, having a friend with you along the way can be extremely beneficial. Um, and so those are kind of the four 
um, examples of potential athletic identity issues that uh, a lot of athletes have. Um, I definitely resonated with a few of those. And just to recap, it's the identity mismatch. There's the volatile uh, identity. There's the problems with chasing your former identity and then the identity foreclosure. And I want to come back to you and come back to that last one around find a buddy that's willing to go on a transformational journey with you. I love the phrase transformational journey because that is really what I feel like I'm on. I feel like that's what uh, life is all about. And I feel like that's what endurance events have done for me. And I think it's what endurance events can do for you. Um, so kind of bringing it back to you, I want to ask you a few questions. You know, do you deal with any of these um, athletic identity issues? If so, you know, maybe try some of those quick fixes that I just talked about. Um, and that's what I have for you today. But tomorrow, we're going to go into a few more strategies from the brave athlete. And we're going to talk about how to fix some of these other athletic identity issues. There's some underlying um, thoughts and feelings and, and psychology that we can look at. But then there's also um, an unconventional route that I want to talk about uh, next. So I hope that that served you. I hope you all have an amazing day and I'll see you tomorrow.